A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does he prunes, so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in them will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire, and they will be burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, we hear the seventh I am in the Gospel of John. I am the true vine. I am, ego me in Greek, is the divine name given to Moses. With I am on the lips of Jesus, the author of the fourth Gospel declares that in Jesus, God is present in the world. The vine and the branches describe our mutual abiding relationship. True disciples abide in Jesus' word, and Jesus' words remain in the disciples. When we love one another with the same love that loves us, we put flesh on God's love. If you've ever tried to untangle a grapevine, you know it's nearly impossible to separate vine from branches. Or to extend the analogy, once the grapes are crushed, it's impossible to separate the juice of one grape from another. When we bring the gifts to the altar, we put a drop of water in the chalice. It's impossible to take that drop of water out again. This simple action reminds us that by entering into our humanity, God is now forever connected with human life, and human life is forever changed. Christ is the meeting place between heaven and earth. I am the vine, you are the branches. Jesus is assuring his dismayed disciples that he is not abandoning them. What's coming, Jesus promises, isn't distance, but rather a radical closeness, a companionship so intimate as to blur any sharp distinction between the companions. Remain in me as I remain in you. What would such mutual indwelling look like in practice? It would look like Jesus, and at the same time, it would look like us. That is, it would look like us being the people God made us to be,
In a word, it would look like love, incarnate, tangible, down-to-earth, intertwining, intersecting, growing, fruitful, vibrant love. One of the issues that we're beginning to face as a nation is racial inequality. Heather McGee, an economic policy advisor, has written a book called The Sum of Us, which tallies the cost of racism for everyone. Heather has a TED Talk, which is excellent. The Sum of Us is predicated on the idea that little will change until white people realize what racism has cost them, too. McGee uses a very simple metaphor, the drained swimming pool, to highlight the effects of racism on all of us. Grand public pools were sumptuous emblems of common leisure in the early decades of the 20th century, steadfastly supported by white Americans until they were told to integrate them. McGee visited the site of one such pool in Montgomery, Alabama, drained and cemented over since 1959, so that nobody, white or black, could ever enjoy it again. It's a self-defeating form of exclusion, a determination not to share resources, even if the ultimate result is that everyone suffers. McGee writes about health care, voting rights, and the environment. She pervasively argues that white Americans have been steeped in the notion of zero-sum, that any gains by another group must come at white people's expense. As Americans, we tend to hear the verse, you are the branches, in the singular you. Let me borrow language from my northern-bred cousins who now live in the South, y'all, or if you prefer the even more emphatic, all y'all. If y'all remain in me, and my words remain in y'all, ask for whatever y'all want, and it will be done for y'all. By this is my Father glorified, that all y'all bear much fruit, and become my disciples. Bearing much fruit only happens in community. And as the author of First John reminds us, By this we know that he remains in us, by the Spirit he has given us. And what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We see a powerful example of the fruit of the Spirit in the reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When Saul had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him. In the verses just before our reading, Saul escapes an attempt on his life when he is lowered over the wall in a basket. But that doesn't seem to be the end of it. As Saul spoke and argued with the Hellenists, they were attempting to kill him. After that, Luke tells us, Meanwhile, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was built up. One minute they want to kill Paul, the next minute they are at peace. Only by being connected to Christ is it possible to live with each other beyond differences, fears, and incompatibilities. 
Father Ron Rollheiser says, The kind of bond that withstands the test of time within marriage, family, religious community, civic community, and friendship is ultimately rooted in something beyond liking each other, working for a common cause, or sharing a bloodline, a neighborhood, a house, or even a bed. Community means remaining connected, even when we don't like each other, aren't attracted to each other, and struggle with hopeless differences. So intertwined is our relationship with God and one another that the author of 1 John declares in chapter 4, verse 20, Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters, are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. There is no us and them. In Christ, we are all connected. It's very hard to live this way in a culture of individualism that invites us to believe that we are self-sufficient, that we can have community and family on our own terms, and that we can have God without dealing with each other. But God is a community of persons, a trinity. God is essential relationship. And only in opening our lives in gracious hospitality will we ever know that.